The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. When she cries, her eyes change their color. She said, my life is going under. Longs to feel love from another. But can't get a call from even a brother. What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome back to this very special edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com, presented by Hameen Media and in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day, but let's welcome in our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, she's an accomplished actress, an acclaimed author whose book, Rowdy, is available right now on Amazon.com, a musician-slash-singer-songwriter, the daughter of the legend Roddy Roddy Piper, one of the latest signings to Wow Women of Wrestling, who debuts tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV, Miss Teal Piper. Miss Piper, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Miss Piper, the first question that we ask to all of our guests typically is when you first found professional wrestling and how you got into your early days in the business, but you were literally born into the business, so I wanted to change things up a little bit. What's your earliest pro wrestling memory, and when did you realize your father's effect on the business? You know, my earliest memory of pro wrestling that really stuck with me, because um, most of my memories were him being gone you know, on the road when I was younger, but... His um, match with uh, Hogan when Hogan was NWO, as well as his matches with Goldust, that was the first matches I really watched, and I did not respond well. I was crying. I was mad. You know, I, I didn't understand why people would cheer when he got hit or, you know, all, like it was just too much for me to understand. So at that point, my parents just like banned me from watching wrestling for a few years so I was older and able to understand more. <laughs> um but I didn't actually decide to get in the ring myself so much later in life. I think I was trying to be my own person and trying to escape my dad's identity. So not be under his shadow. And then it wasn't until recently that I really embraced that. That's fantastic. Um, as I mentioned there off the top, you have several accolades already inside of your entertainment career. In fact, you have several film roles to your credit, including Hell's Bells, The Portal, The Confession of the Exorcist, Psycho Sleeper. It seems like you have uh, an upcoming project as well called The Match Beyond. You have this affinity for comedic horror roles. Tell us a little bit about your Hollywood background. Well, let me tell you, if you like terrible, terrible movies, I'm your gal right here. Uh, I have done them all. <laughs> Um, I love bad horror movies. I love good horror movies. I love sci-fi. Like, I think that that's really my niche, anything comedic as well. Um, but I'm, I'm a big horror uh, movie buff in general. Um, I always say that regardless of my dad being in They Live, I'm still like the biggest They Live fan because I'm kind of a sci-fi nerd in that sense. 
And, you know, I've been doing that for a long time and I'm, I'm never going to lose a passion for film and TV. And I think um, gore and horror and stunts and movies a little bit prepared me for the trauma of the wrestling world that I have now entered. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure the back, acting background absolutely comes in handy. We, we've heard a lot of professional wrestlers who end up taking acting classes just to make their performances better. You have to feel like you already have one leg up on the competition in that respect. I absolutely feel like I have a, an advantage as far as being on TV and being on the mic and feeling comfortable in my own skin with that stuff and not being afraid of, you know, some people get worried about what they look like or how they sound. And I just go out there and make an ass out of myself and I don't really care. But, um, the, you know, but for me, the challenge is definitely the steep learning curve in the ring that I'm on. And my focus right now is just completely on the athleticism where some people come in athletes that aren't comfortable on the mic yet or any of that. I'm definitely coming in the other way around. I've always heard it said that it is easier to teach an actor how to wrestle rather than teaching a wrestler how to act. Do you find that to be true? That's a great question. I don't know. I think that they're both equally important. Um, I think at the end of the day, when it comes to wrestling, you, as soon as you get in that ring, I feel like within the first like week, most of the trainers know if you're going to be any good at it or not, you know, and there's like a fearlessness that come that you have to have, like you have to just kind of be willing to try these things and hope your body can do it, you know? And I think that if you don't have that, it doesn't matter if you're an actor or a wrestler or what, you know, like you have to have that ability in the ring. In addition to your acting career, I also understand you currently have an album in production. Is that right? I do. I'm, I'm, I, sometimes I think I might be a little schizophrenic with how spread out I like to put my creative like outlets, <laughs> but I do. Um, Amber Eyes is on iTunes already. Um, that song is very close to my heart because the harmonica you hear on it, I actually sampled from my dad playing live harmonica. He was a great musician and we were going to work on the album together, but life had, di- life had different plans. So that song's really special to me. Um, my next song, Animinity, will come out October 1st and hopefully the album will be released at the end of the year. It's kind of a little bit on the back burner as far as completion just because I'm so focused on training in the ring right now and that's my priority. But that's my plan. If if you were going to put your music into, you know, the proverbial box, what genre would you say that your music lies in? I feel my music, much like myself, it doesn't do well in boxes. <laughs> I'm very spread out, as you can tell. <laughs> um, I really, the joy of self-production is I wasn't in a box. So I really, whatever song I wrote, I listened to all kinds of genres and I, whatever song I wrote, I just wrote it in whatever genre I felt like writing it in. Some of it was influenced by the different producers I worked with um, or whatever I was listening to at the time. But in all in all, it's mostly alternative, very eclectic. There's some pop 80s feel in it as well. Very cool. In doing my research this morning, I, I read this crazy story that you and your father were actually discussing doing a duet together as a, as a longtime fan of your father's. I just, I can't imagine him carrying a tune. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. So a lot of people don't know this. He was an amazing musician. He could pick up just about any instrument and play by ear, even though he couldn't read a note to save his life. Um, he loved singing. I think some of my earliest memories with him were him and I singing together and playing instruments. And, you know, he taught me a lot about songwriting and performing. And that's really where a lot of my passion for music came from. And fun fact, if you go on YouTube and look up, I'm your man, 
he had um, a music video that is super fun to watch and like a cheesy 90s music video. Um, so he did put out a couple songs in the early 90s, but working with him on the album was probably one of my biggest dreams. And it was very difficult when he passed. I don't think I could, I didn't even sing. I just dropped everything for months, months. It took me a long time. And then, um, I, the first thing I worked on after his death was this song called stay strong, which will be on the album. And it's really me. It's mostly a song about mourning him. Um, but it's also a song that I hope people can relate to for anybody that's lost a loved one. Um, and it just kind of walks through all those feelings you feel, you know, so it's partly about him as a person as well as just losing a loved one. Um, so that was difficult, but we, we, we're absolutely going to work on a song together. We weren't sure if we were going to do original or a cover. We were playing around with the idea and it just didn't happen in time. What was uh, your, your dad's like go-to record? Like it's Friday night, he's sitting at home. Maybe he's had a little bit of the bubble <laughs> and, and he wants to go and put something oh on. Oh my gosh, a little bit of the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can I just throw this out there? No, Piper did not steal the belt. It wasn't me guys. I swear. <laughs> um, not, I'm not about to go steal from Chris Jericho. My money's on <laughs> Ralphus. Interesting. <laughs> Good guess. So a little bit of the bubbly. Um, <laughs> forgot what the question was. Now I'm laughing about that. What, 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 what was your, your dad's like go-to record? What was he putting on right. to unwind? You know, he loved, he would work out to straight up old Scottish and Irish music. Like, he loved that Irish-Scottish folk music. He listened to a lot of Johnny Cash, Lead Belly. He was very into the older genres. Um, what else did he listen to? He did, I would occasionally catch him listening to modern stuff. Um, I know he listened to some corn occasionally. He was a big fan of um, Waits. I'm, I'm, like, spaced on his name. Waits. You know who I'm talking Tom about, right? Yes, Tom Waits. Big fan of him. He used to play him all the time. Um, he loved alternative music, um, but anything that had like a lot of heart behind it. You know, he wasn't into like cat like what was on the radio. He was into things that told a story and had a heavy meaning. In early 2015, your father began researching his own autobiography, sadly an opportunity that he wouldn't have to finish, but you and your brother actually took on the obligation of finishing the project. I have to assume that that was quite the undertaking, not only in the writing process, but emotionally for both of you. Tell us a little bit about the book and maybe something that you learned about your father that you didn't know before you started researching it. So Craig Payette, the editor um, on the book, had actually traveled with his dad and done interviews with people of his past because it was interesting. This book was um, he wanted to write it for the family. He wanted to get his history straight. He had been in so many matches and had done so much in his life that there was genuinely a piece of his life that he didn't even remember and was trying to piece together. And there's a chapter in the book called The Jesus Years that, in my opinion, is one of the most interesting chapters. And I call it that because we used to joke about how in the Bible, Jesus had like two decades of like nothing. And then all of a sudden he's back and you're like, well, what happened then? And my dad kind of had that same like blackout time in his life. So we would joke with him and call him, oh, it's his Jesus years. We don't know when it happened, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was sort of an inside joke that we called it that. Um, but he, unfortunately he passed and Craig Payette called me up and said, hey, would you be willing to finish this book? And of course, my first thought was, I'm going to need my brother's help because he at the time knew a lot more in the wrestling game than I did. And I knew a lot more of the movie scene. So I was like, you know, I think the two of us can get it done. And it was 
very hard and very soon to be forced into that kind of project. But I was very, it really helped me through the mourning process. And it helped me, I learned new things about your parent after they pass. And not everybody gets that, you know, it was, it really helped me. It forced me to mourn and it forced me to go through that process. And it was one of the best things I think could have happened to me at that point in time. Um, so the Jesus years, you'll have to check out that chapter because that whole chapter was stuff that we was probably the hardest chapter to piece together. Most recently, you've found your way into the world of professional wrestling following in his legendary footsteps. Just a couple of days ago, I got to sit down with one of your trainers, Miss Selena Majors. And then yesterday, I had a conversation with Mr. David McLean. Both of them informed me that you called them. You wanted to come to WOW. What led you into this direction? And tell us a little bit about your training with Miss Majors. Absolutely. So I was looking for a place in Los Angeles to start training and because um, I didn't want to relocate. That was my first priority. I was like, well, let's start training here and see if I'm even good in the ring, you know, because I didn't know or see if I enjoy it. That was what all the old timers said. They were like, well, well, little Piper, why don't you take a few bumps before you commit too hard? Because you might not like it. <laughs> They're like, you'll know quick once you get in the ring if you're going to like it or not. You know, so I knew I needed to find that outlet. Um, David McLean and I share a mutual friend, uh, Barry Bloom, and he, uh, you know, he introduced us and they offered their facilities. And I was like, yes, I would love to come train there. And as soon as I got there and started working with them and Selena Majors, amazing. Like, it's just such an honor to be able to train with her. And as soon as I felt um, kind of how they work there and what their show was all about and how much they've done for women in wrestling over the years and really been at the forefront of all that, I really wanted to be a part of their show at that point. You know, before that, it was just like I was training there. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to bamboozle them into a job now. <laughs> <laughs> this past Saturday, you made your much anticipated debut with All Elite Wrestling at their huge show in Chicago, All Out. You were certainly one of the women with the most buzz coming into the buy-in Battle Royal. Tell us a little bit about the experience and what was it like for you finally walking out onto that stage for the first time? <laughs> I, first of all, the more I talk to other wrestlers, I think I might have a record for the most uh, people at first, my first match ever. Ooh, like most that, wrestlers, that like could first be. match has 20 people, right? I haven't met one wrestler that wasn't like, oh, my first match had 20 people. You must be nervous. <laughs> and I was like, ah, just a little bit. I, I don't know. I think I might have a record for that. We got to find out. But um, I couldn't have been. It was so many feelings. You know, it was surreal. It was nostalgic. When I came out, I got this huge pop from the audience and I knew it was because of my dad, you know, cause I hadn't done anything to get a pop yet. I just came in and they just went nuts and it was so nice of them. And so awesome. I felt like I could just turn around and see my dad coming out. And I felt that same pride. I used to feel watching him come out when I got that. It was, it was really a, a great confidence booster I needed before I walked into that ring and just got, you know, myself handed to me, uh, <laughs> whatever. It was my first match. Those were very hard girls to be in the ring with. <laughs> um, so it was so many emotions. Um, I, I'm very proud of myself for doing it. Um, and I definitely learned a lot. Um, and I can't wait to get back out in the ring again. And try, hopefully I'll be in there longer the next time. <laughs> well, you say that you, you didn't do a whole lot to get into that spot. One thing that you did do was you had that killer promo on the road to uh, opposite of Jake the Snake Roberts. I got to tell you, as soon as I saw that promo, I was like, oh, this girl's going to be fine. 
Well, thank you. I think um, promos, you know, like we were talking about, a lot of people come into wrestling good wrestlers, and it's the promos they struggle with. And for me, that's just something maybe I've just talked loud my whole life. I don't know. It's just me. I'm just exaggerating it. So the promos really feel natural to me for the most part. Um, so that isn't the area I felt, I, you know, it's definitely the in the ring technique that I'm really focusing on right now, improving and just training as hard as I can to try to bring that up to par with all the other talent. You'll be making your big debut for WOW on the upcoming taping September 18th at the Belasco Theater in Los Angeles. As the big debut date for WOW is coming up, tell us a little bit about your feelings and emotions leading up to the taping. I am really excited for this taping. You know, I've been I've been watching um, their first season and their next season premieres Saturday, September 7th on Access TV. Um, so I think every season they've just really been upping it. You know, the, the, the production and everything has been so great. And the skill level that those girls bring to the ring is amazing. And they've just really been like, it, they have something very special there to offer audiences. If you're a wrestling fan, you have to check it out. It's a very unique package you won't find anywhere else. And so to get to be a part of it and get to see those live shows, I'm very excited. I cannot wait to get in the ring and stir the pot, if you will. Uh, you know, as far as what I'm doing, you guys are going to have to tune in to find out. But I, I'm, I'm very excited for the 18th and 19th. I literally have a calendar I'm exiting off dates for. Season two kicks off this Saturday night, like you mentioned. It goes live at seven or eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. That's seven p.m. where I am here in the Central Time Zone. Miss Piper, I'm sure that you're going to be watching the show closely. And as you mentioned, you've been watching all the back seasons. Is there any of the Wow talent inside the locker room that you're particularly looking forward to punching in the face? all of them uh no uh tessa blanchard i just i can't help to notice how pretty her belt is and i kind of want it but i feel i have several matches i'm gonna have to get through before i even qualify for a championship um she's a phenomenal talent and i'm the kind of person that if i think you're great i want to get in the ring with you and i want to test my own level out you know so i definitely have my eye on her um, you know, she talks about being third generation, but I just have to say that my great grandpa was Tupper Tombs, and so I'm technically third generation too. He was a boxer, so just throwing that out there to you, Tessa. <laughs> um, there's also so many other talents. There's Beast, who I'm kind of afraid of, but in like a great way. Like she's just <laughs> awesome in the ring, and I would love to get a chance to work with her down the road. Um, as well, there's so many good people there. Steffi Slays is another one that. She's just so happy. I just kind of want to ruin that for her for just a day. You know, she's a nice person and I'm not. And I think that'd be fun. You know, you, you have an affinity for jumping straight into the deep end. You know, you debut in front of 13,000 <laughs> people. And the first person that you call out is the champ. You got no fear, do you? I don't. I don't. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I probably should be, but. It's not my problem right now. <laughs> it's Women of Wrestling Wow Season 2 on Access TV. Kicks off this Saturday night. Ms. Piper, we'd like to thank you very much for joining us today. Why don't you tell the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks how to find you on social media and how to keep up with the Wow superheroes? Yeah, so this Saturday night I will be live tweeting during the season premiere. So check me out on Twitter at Ariel Teal. I'm also Teal Piper on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, you can check out my music on iTunes under Teal. Um, 
check out wowe.com. That's the WOW's website if you're interested in coming to the shows or want to learn more about all the performers and athletes there. It's, it's a really incredible production, so I hope you guys check it out. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Miss Piper, and hopefully we'll get the opportunity to sit down and do this again soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Feels like a good one. Trust me. <laughs> I bet they're all out of answers. But where I come from, we're taught to change the questions. It's time to pay the piper.